Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been six weeks. Six weeks of learning about the bread of life. What we sometimes call the bread of life discourse in the Gospel of John. Six weeks of um, hearing Jesus say that this bread is different. He is bread, which is kind of tricky to get your head around, and that this is different from the manna that the um, Israelites' ancestors ate in the wilderness. Six weeks of listening to Jesus teach. Now, it wasn't quite that long for the uh, disciples in the Gospel of John, but it was a couple of days. They had this wonderful meal where Jesus took just a small amount of food and turned it into an abundance. He taught them that he could keep them full forever, that they would never go hungry again. They followed him, eager to learn more, eager to see what else they could learn from this Jesus. And here at the end, many of those who have gathered, many followers, many disciples, they say among themselves, that's really hard. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't seem to fit. This teaching is difficult. So how can we accept it? They might have been trying to talk under their breath, whisper in the ears of their neighbor, but Jesus, Jesus knew. He knew what they were saying about him. He knew that they were struggling and he knew they would leave. This teaching is difficult. I will go back to an easier teaching. I will go back to something that fits my own understanding. And they walked away. We don't know much about the fate of those disciples. We don't know what the rest of their lives entailed. But they said right then and there, this is difficult. And if you think about what we've learned over these last six weeks about Jesus being the bread of life, it is somewhat difficult. Jesus, the bread of life, promises abundance in the face of scarcity. We can look in front of us and say, there's not enough food. That seems obvious. And Jesus says, trust me, there will be plenty. Jesus teaches us that a life of faith is not about doing the right things to get in good with God. It's about a relationship. It's about being engaged with God, abiding in God day in and day out. Not a checklist that we can be sure we've made it. Jesus says we should trust God, not ourselves. Trust that God has what we need. Trust that there is enough. Trust that things are going to be okay. And especially when things are hard, when things seem hopeless, 
This is a difficult teaching. I'm still pretty young. I've lived 30 years in this world, and in those 30 years, I've had my own faith struggles. Those who've been around longer than me, I assume, have had their own. I expect I will have more. This teaching is difficult. There are times of illness, death, sickness, cancer, and we're just supposed to trust God? We might find ourselves sitting there wondering if this is really the right way, if God's really listening. This past year and a half, and however much longer it takes to get us out of a pandemic, where the whole world is sick, where there's not enough medicine, or at least it seems like there's not? Is God really providing an abundance, we might wonder? And then there's those things we sometimes just call a dark night of the soul. We feel alone, forsaken, lost. This teaching that Jesus is the bread of life, even in those moments, it is difficult. It can be hard to accept. In all of the rest of our culture, we're told to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, to do what we need to do to get by, to take care of ourselves and everything will be fine. So we're just supposed to trust God go against all of those ideas? The world in the time of Jesus' life on earth and his disciples was different in some ways, but very similar in important ones. The people who were following Jesus were mostly poor. They weren't sure they had enough food to last the week some weeks. They probably went to bed hungry more than once or twice in their lives. Jesus is talking about bread, and they want bread. Jesus says they won't be hungry anymore, and that sounds like a godsend. Jesus says, just trust in me, trust in God, because things will be okay. And when there's not more bread placed in front of them, they think, are you sure? This teaching seems pretty difficult. So some leave. But the 12, the disciples whose names we know, the disciples who would go on to become apostles leading the church after Jesus' death and resurrection, they stay. They're still gathered around Jesus, and as he sees all of these others go, he turns to them and says, do you also want to leave? They've given up livelihoods, connection with their family, just to follow Jesus. And Peter, always quick to talk, is the first one to answer and say words that 
are so important to us, we sing them every Sunday. Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. This same Peter, who will go on to deny Jesus the night he is crucified. This same Peter who tries to talk Jesus out of his work, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. This same Peter who will preach on Pentecost Sunday and add 3,000 to the church. In this moment in the story, he gets it right. He knows there is something vitally important about Jesus. I can tell you he probably doesn't fully grasp what Jesus said about being the bread of life. He probably doesn't because we don't. It's a hard teaching. But he knows that being with Jesus, being with Jesus means that they are having a glimpse, an understanding of eternal life. And eternal life isn't just life in heaven after we die, although we believe in that promise. Eternal life is a full and complete and abundant life here and now and every day. We say with Simon Peter, you have the words of eternal life. Even if it's hard, we can't go anywhere else. Simon Peter, speaking for the rest of the twelve, shows them, shows us what discipleship looks like. You see, discipleship isn't just a one-time action. It's not just a decision we make one day and then we're good. Discipleship is lifelong transformation. It is lifelong changing and growing and listening and struggling. We know Simon Peter makes plenty of mistakes before and after these words. But we know he was a faithful disciple. And we know that when he, he says, we must stay with you, Jesus, he trusts that Jesus will stay with him. Discipleship is making a decision over and over again. Discipleship is living by the hard teaching. There will be enough. God is here with you now, even on your darkest nights. Trust God, because God is present and active in our world, even when God is hard to see. Discipleship is what brings us here every Sunday, gathering together to hear the word of God, stories we've heard dozens of times before, but we need to hear again. 
Discipleship is gathering around this table Sunday after Sunday because this communion meal, this piece of bread and cup of wine fill us in a way a steak dinner can't. Discipleship is is realizing when we step away or make a mistake or engage in a life of sin and turning again and again to Jesus, knowing that Jesus forgives us every time. It's like I said to James earlier, you can't pop out the gate reading big, complicated books with no pictures. Discipleship starts where we are, wherever that is, with easy, simple words to begin, And then we grow and we learn and we hear words anew and anew, the words of God, and our life is changed. Being a Christian, following Christ, it's not easy. It is difficult. And there are many who, like the other disciples who left that day, will say, this is too hard for me. I can't do it, and I won't. But we are here, listening to these words, remembering again and again that God remains with us through the worst of a pandemic, through the, through the most painful of personal tragedies, and through the joys of the abundant life that God does grant us through our relationships with one another, through our life where we can create new things and live a life that brings God's good into the world. It may not be easy, but just like Simon Peter, we know it is worth it. Jesus is the bread of life, the basic sustenance that gets us through. We may be looking for more sometimes, but with Jesus, there is always, always just enough. Amen.